1: so bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
2: The volume.
0: What is going on everybody? John Middlcop. Go Low Podcast baby. Uh, it's time for a little golf talk, a little PGA Tour talk. Three-plus million people watched Pebble Beach. Uh, it was on, obviously, at the same time as the Pro Bowl, and I, I think we all can agree it was much better in the Pro Bowl. It's hard to beat Pebble. Been at that tournament several times. It's uh, it, it's awesome. MPCC sweet. Spyglass is sweet. Irony is I've played two of the three, but I haven't played Pebble. I've, I played Spyglass during COVID, actually. Me, my brother, and some buddies got on there, I think it cost us like a hundred bucks. It was really, really cheap. MPCC, family's member out there, not my immediate family, but some cousins. Play, I played there years ago when I was a GA at Fresno State. Uh, don't really remember playing it, but it was really cool. It's cool to watch on television. Hard hard tournament to beat on, on TV, especially when the sun's shining, the Pacific Ocean views. There's a reason John Madden, Jim Nance, you know, Clint Eastwood, they live there. Uh, John Madden did obviously RIP, but place is sweet. It's, it's an incredible spot. And we'll talk a little bit about what we witnessed there. Uh, obviously some comments by Phil Mickelson about Saudi. I, I got a take on this whole Saudi situation that I know the, the media is kind of up in arms about, um, a little gambling waste management. I also played there last waste, uh, Memorial day last year. I went to Scottsdale with a couple of buddies for the weekend and one of the places we played was TPC Scottsdale. And, uh, you know, it's it's a lot different when the tournament's not there and the grandstands aren't there. It kind of throws you off. You know, you get to the par three sixteenth, and it's, you know, the, one of the biggest parties in all of golf, right? 50,000, 60,000 people there. And there are no, there's no stadium. It's just empty. And you're like, wait, I just hit an 8 iron? It's 165 yards, and there's no one watching me? It 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 doesn't look like it does on TV, though the par five, hole fifteen, and the the par four that's drivable hole seventeen are badass. Hole 17's sweet. Uh, I, I pumped it into the water, but that was the whole last year that Kepka chipped it in to basically win the tournament. We also we got some we got some graphics for Golo. I think it's pretty sweet. I, I think it's it looks pretty good. Uh, the the volume, the team worked on it. So, uh, I'm proud of it, excited about it, and we'll hopefully share that in the next week or two. You can, for the mailbag, go to Golopod. So, Instagram, at Golopod is the Instagram. If you got a question about golf, go there. I, I created a, a, its own Instagram account, Golopod Instagram, easiest thing to do. Just fire there. Okay, really quick on the Phil story that obviously blew up. Last week when he made some comments, he was over there in Saudi. They all get paid millions of dollars to go over there <clears throat> and play golf. Here's my overall take. I don't judge a man on two things. Who they're sleeping with and who they do business with. As long as they're doing it legally. If you're committing white collar crime, if you're sleeping with underage women, then yeah, I'm going to judge you and I'm going to avoid you. But but for the most part, I got friends who they're dating, who they're married to. Whether I like her or not, Like that's ultimately on the person who, you know, you may hate a job, you may complain to me about your job. Like, that's your problem. You gotta do what you gotta do for money, and you gotta do, like, only you truly know if you're the one sleeping with someone every night or they're the mother of your children. Like, that's your problem. That's your relationship. You know better than literally everyone. Same same thing with professionally. And these guys, like, I, I can never judge anyone for taking a lot of money, right? It's just, that's just the history of time people have sold out. And, you know, the NBA and their players took a lot of shit for the China stuff, right? China, like Saudis, a lot of atrocities on both their watches. That's not really arguable. But I think the reason the NBA players and the league took so much pushback was how outspoken they are politically. They got on their moral high horse for years about politics, where I would say for the most part, I mean, I'd say really all of them, the golfers don't talk about politics at all. So when you talk about politics a lot, and then you get in bed with shady people, you're viewed as a hypocrite. So if these players, whoever they are, not even just Phil, but just people follow and go over there for a lot of money, you know, that's ultimately like, they won't be the first and they won't be the last to take quote unquote dirty money in any industry, right? That's that's technically illegal. But if you keep your mouth shut and you're not getting up there pounding your chest about one thing or the other politically, like... I do think you avoid some criticism. Now, the media is going to be relentless with this stuff when it comes to the golfers and the Saudis. I just know for me, like, that's on these guys to make their own independent decisions. Now, if I was a top 10 player and I was making it, like, I get why Phil would go over there. He's 51 years old. He probably, what's crazy about winning at Kiwa, we thought he'd never sniff another win again in his life. Lee Westwood is 48. Poulter, these guys are old. Like, is Justin Thomas going to go over there? Is Kepka? Rory? I know all these guys have made independent comments about the situation. But, like, if if none of them go, like, there's no league. The only way for this league to be a big deal is they have to steal star young players. And guess what all the star young players here do? Make a boatload of money. And most of them all live in the states. Florida, Scottsdale, Texas. And so it's like, do they want to risk it? Now, it's, right, you're making $20, $30 million a year. If I could 4X that, you know, I, I understand these people thinking about it. Now, we'll see if it actually goes down. But, like, I can't get on some moral high horse and call the guy a scumbag for entertaining an offer that's going to guarantee you $100 million for three years. Just a salary. And then all the money you can win from playing golf. Like, I, I think it's so easy for the media to throw stones when it's like, have you ever been offered a lot of money? I'm talking generational money that is shady and that things that you don't necessarily align with personally, morally, but it makes you think we're all human beings. And it's, it's on, like, if I, it's easy for me to like, it would be easy for me to say like only fucking scumbags would take the Saudis money. They're the bad guys. It's like, John, hey, they just offered you a hundred million dollars for two years to be the commissioner of the league. <laughs> well, what do you think I would say? So, uh, you know, we'll see how this thing's going to play out. And, you know, this is going to be something that the, that the big J's in golf are going to crush these guys. And I think probably most people listening, if I told you the amount of money, especially, it's like, well, do I got to play in Saudi Arabia? No, actually, the majority of their tournaments are going to be like in Europe and in the States. Like, are you serious? Yeah. They'll just wipe out the PGA tour. Yeah, I'd probably do that too. Most of us would. Money talks, shit walks. It's it's easy to play the moral game, but that's not the way life works. Part of what makes Phil such a awesome golfer to watch throughout his career, and he's way more talented than Jordan Spieth, was that Phil would do crazy-ass things. He would push a drive 50 yards left into who knows where. Then, he was like most of us do. We can hit a shot on any given golf shot, especially off the tee, Anywhere. And then scrambling, like if you're a decent player, you get used to kind of hitting crazy shots. So when you get to see Phil, who historically has made some of his best shots, are these second shots over a tree, flop shots, cutting under a tree. Because you can relate and go, I could be there. Now Phil, you know, is one of the most talented golfers to ever play the sport. You know, he's probably just a top five pure talent, right? And if he hadn't run into Tiger Woods in his prime, might have 10 majors. But Phil, relative to Jordan, like Phil's natural talent is much greater than Jordan's. I had someone tell me years back who spent some time with Butch Harmon and Butch told him, and this was after Jordan won, I think, his third major. I mean, maybe it already had three majors and was clearly one of the best players in the world. Might've been number one at the time. And Butch told this person that when Jordan's putter no longer is superhuman, he's going to come back to earth. Because he doesn't hit it like the Rory's and the DJ's and these guys. And it's true. Jordan came back to earth. But the difference and the thing you can never discount, and this works for any sport, is how much a guy truly gives a shit. How much being good at his craft means to that human. Because once Jordan won those majors and kind of peaked in whatever, 15, 16, he had more money than he would ever need. He was worth hundreds of millions of dollars. He could have just mailed it in and sailed off into the sunset with his resume of, you know, eight, nine, ten wins, multiple majors, and just hung around on the tour being an average guy. But he did not do that. And he does not strike the ball like all these type guy, top guys do. Like, if you watch Xander Shoffley, if you watch John Rahm, if you watch DJ, if you watch Brooks Kepka, these guys are on another level. They hit it way farther. Justin Thomas they are better ball strikers I would say than Jordan Speith. But Jordan's willingness to absolutely grind it out is something I respect the living you know what out of. Because I was watching him earlier this year I'm like what's he doing with the swing? He's constantly working on it. And he's trying he, like his point of difference is not going to be hitting at 350 yards. He has to be pinpoint with his irons. Well at Pebble Beach he put on a clinic with his iron play. Those two days, he was awesome. He even said after Sunday, when he kind of lost, I wouldn't say he lost the tournament because even if he par 17, he might not win the tournament. Hoagie would have won it. But he said, I hit the best shot of my week and it came up a yard or two short and went in the bunker and he ended up bogeying 17 at Pebble Beach. But Jordan, and I, I respect this about any athlete in any sport, and I think in football has a lot of this because in the NBA, there is such a level of athleticism you have to have to be good at baseball, you have to have such a level of skill to play in the big leagues. In football, you have so many different people in shapes and sizes and toughness and and heart and work ethic and just desire mean so much. Golf is somewhat like that. Like once you have the the mandatory level of being a PGA Tour player, like how hard are you willing to work? Tiger works harder than literally everyone else. And dominated. Now, he was more talented, but his work ethic was second to none. Second to none. And when I see a guy like Jordan Spieth, I go, this guy refused to be an average player. Because I thought it was trending pretty bad in like 18 and 19. Well, what this guy has done in the last 12 months, talk about coming back. He is now, uh, you know, one of the best players in the world. It looked like for a couple of years, like this guy's never going to be on a Ryder Cup again. Which kind of feels like that's going to happen to Ricky. You know, Ricky had a hell of a run, made a bunch of money, you know, only really won four times, but got to play on a bunch of Ryder Cups and President's Cups. But, you know, I probably don't ever expect to see him again. Now, Jordan was a better player than Ricky in both their quote unquote peaks. But still, like it's pretty, we see it happen a lot. Guys fall off. Now, that's part of golf. But the way Jordan was playing, it looked terrible. But I also think the cool part about watching Jordan now, like coming back and becoming a top player again, is he still is pretty relatable in his game, kind of like Phil. He hits some of the shittiest shots you will see off the tee. He'll drop his club. It'll go flare out there 280 yards. And you're like, I could see myself doing that. Now, the difference is he'll get it. And like Phil, have up and downs that are out of this world, make long putts. He is just one of the more fun players to watch. Because it's just a roller coaster. You know, like when DJ's on, it's kind of boring. 330 down the middle, 10 feet, he's going to roll in some putts. 330 down the middle, seven feet, birdie. You know, he, he just, he can kind of put it on a clinic. You know, I think Rory has a little just, there's just character to his game. But to me, Jordan, unlike those guys, like he ain't hitting at 340 yards. He's hitting, you know, I mean, he's probably a club better than if you're, you know, five handicap or lower, but it's not like he's 190 yards and hitting an eight iron like some of these guys. And he's just an enjoyable personality. And I think he's going to be... I put $100 on him this weekend at 20-1. to I think he's going to be easily the crowd favorite this weekend. He's just an easy guy to root for. And you know the best part about sports is when you can just find easy guys to root for. Because it makes sports fun. You know, it's one thing to have villains, right? The Patriots were that way forever. It's easy to root against Belichick. It was easy to root against Barry Bonds. You know, I, I don't really know. I guess Bryson became that for a little bit on the PGA Tour. It's also fun to just have guys you like. Be like, I want to watch Jordan Speeth play golf. I really enjoyed this weekend just sitting there and watching Jordan Speeth play golf on Saturday and Sunday. I was rooting for Jordan Speeth to win the tournament. Like, most people are going to be every time Jordan is in the mix. And what looked very bleak, because that can happen in golf, you can fall off a cliff. I, Azinger said this a couple of years ago on a broadcast, and he was so right. Like, everyone is one shot away from thinking you're the worst golfer in the world. And years away from building yourself back up to thinking you're the best player in the world on the PJ tour. Like your confidence can go in, in literally one swing. And to get your swag and your confidence and your mindset back, I, I think this translates to us as normal golfers. It can it, it, it all it takes is one bad hole. And it can take a whole summer, a whole year to be like, I don't know if I'm ever gonna be a decent player again. And that's what's cool about golf. But a lot of guys don't come back. You know, and to watch this come back. And to have it be this guy, I just have so much respect for him as a guy that, and I do with everyone that has a lot of wealth and just keeps working and keeps grinding. Because I ask myself sometimes, like if I if I had 150 million dollars in the bank, would my work ethic change at all? And you never know until you get to that point. And you know, I I doubt you know I'm never going to have 100 million dollars in the bank. But it's just one of those things that I admire about the Tom Brady's, the Peyton Mannings, the Jordan Spieth. It's what I admired most about Tiger Woods. Because it wasn't just the wealth. It was the injuries. It'd be one thing. I mean, Jordan's healthy. Think about what Tiger had to come back from. If you read that Wright Thompson article where he would lay there on the floor and scream at his daughter to come help him, you're like, what is he doing this for? And I'll tell you what he's doing it for. That's what gets him going. The juice of competing. He he didn't, these guys didn't get into competing. I said it forever about football coaches. Andy Reid didn't get into coaching football for the money. He makes $15 million now. But he's not driven by that money. It's kind of irrelevant to him. What's relevant to him is getting his team better, trying to win games. What's relevant to Tiger is playing good golf up until it basically his leg shattered, right? It was, I want to try to win again. I don't need to win again. My resume is set. My bank account is clearly set. Same with Jordan. Like what he had accomplished. But that's not why they're in it. And I think whenever you have that mindset, your ceiling is always way higher. If you're just in it for the money, like... You know, even if you're on Wall Street, like if you're in it for the, you like the, you know, the passion of whatever, doing deals that gets you going, you know, I think you got a better shot uh, because what Jordan is accomplishing right now, and I'll talk to Jason Sobel here in a second about some of his bets, but uh, I, I, I got, I like Jordan this weekend. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. Head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo tobacco
1: alternative, bold flavor, full pouches. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue, while you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage. And the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
0: Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home, and then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards, the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/slash
2: active cash. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on-and-off road adventure. Go to tirerack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin. Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation, the right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Firestone tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Firestone test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all their current special offers great tires great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom slash colin tire, tire the way tire buying should be
0: okay here with uh again action networks jason sobel uh you can hear him all week long 2 to 4 Eastern on uh, uh, PJ Tour Radio, Series XM. You can also find him. I was reading his article on the Action Network. Uh, I think we would see eye to eye on a couple picks. Uh, you know, he didn't love... My pick of Pat Perez top 10 last week, but my guy, Patty, came through, Jason.
3: That was a really nice play. I was basing this on what Pat told me. Pat had been on a radio show a couple of weeks before that and said, hey, I'm just kind of easing my way into the season. We'll see what happens. And he didn't sound that confident in himself, but obviously, John, you were more confident in him than he was, so that paid off.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, golf betting, you hit one, you just on cloud nine for about two months, but uh... – Obviously, last week was really cool. The field kind of sucked. This week, the field clearly much better. I mean, a ton of heavy hitters. Uh, I guess let's start with a guy that had some magic last year, coming off you know Pebble Beach, where I mean he was in the lead. Uh, I think he's clearly going to be the fan favorite out here in Jordan Spieth. You know, FanDuel, I think eighteen to one, seventeen to one. You can find him some places twenty to one. What do you think about about Jordan this
3: week? So, John, I see a lot of parallels between what Jordan did last year and what I think he's going to do this year. Last year, uh, remember, Phoenix and Pebble were flipped. Phoenix came first. Basically, Phoenix is always Super Bowl week, and since the Super Bowl was one week earlier, Phoenix was earlier last year. We all remember that 61 mercurial round by Jordan Spieth on Saturday last year here at TPC Scottsdale and uh, parlayed that into a fourth place finish. The next day and then went to pebble and was in contention throughout the weekend, finished in third place, just a few behind Daniel Berger at that one. So coming off the solo second place finish this past week, I know he was a little disappointed to not get it done down the stretch, but I think speed's momentum is going to carry him to another strong play. The course isn't really a great course fit. For Jordan, but Jordan's one of these guys that, John, I, I look at and I say, on any given week, he can play anywhere really, really well. It's more about when he's got that confidence, when he's got that momentum. And I think he has that right now. So I expect another good week from him this week. Thoughts on the defending champ, Brooks Kepka? Don't love it. Um, Which is a little strange because I, I like everything about Brooks. I think, first of all, you've got to be really good off the tee here. Long and straight always works on every golf course in the world. Long and straight works really well. It's more of an advantage here at TBC Scottsdale. I also like... The intangible of, and I'll get into this as we start talking about some of the players I like, but I like guys who want to show off a little bit. I like guys who walk around with some swagger. There's going to be thousands of screaming drunk fans yelling at these guys from outside the gallery ropes. And I want a guy who isn't phased by that. In fact, a guy who, you know, sort of embraces it and likes the atmosphere. Brooks Kepka has shown that he's that guy. He's won this twice. That said, I'm shying away from Brooks. I'm fading him this week for the simple fact that he hasn't played well. In his last five starts, three missed cuts. His only two made cuts were in no cut events, limited fields where he didn't even finish in the top half of those fields. So he really hasn't shown any form as of late. Now, does that mean anything for Brooks? He's always a guy that kind of seemingly flip that switch and start playing better golf, but now nah, I'm, I'm fading Brooks this week.
0: Okay. Uh, my philosophy on the California swing is to go with the California guys. What do you think about the philosophy of the Scottsdale guys? You know, the Homas, the Fenals, Wyndham Clarks, the, the, the Gucci, the guys that live in this area, you know, I don't know that they necessarily spend too much time playing this course, but they're very comfortable in the environment, Uh, what, What do you think about that? You like any Scottsdale guys specifically this weekend?
3: Yeah, I mean, I I can see that. Uh, The whole sleeping in your own bed thing works for some players, doesn't work for other players. Other guys like to get into a routine where it's like, hey, I'm on the road, I'm away from family, I'm away from friends, no one's bugging me for tickets. And no, I don't think these guys are out here playing TPC Scottsdale very much at all. Maybe some practice here a little bit, but there's so many good private clubs in the area that most of them are somewhere a few miles away. That said, sure, I mean, well, John Rahm's right there at the top of the board, and it's hard not to like him at all. I I don't love the a short number on Rom, but again, we always talk about a player's hometown event sort of being their fifth major. I guess you might say Tory Pines is kind of Rom's fifth major because he has professed his love for that one, but okay, maybe his sixth major or his seventh major, whatever it is, uh, Rom's going to put a little more into this one, I think, being a home game for him. But I don't love him at the short number. Max Homa is a name that you mentioned that he actually had a much longer number than I thought he would, 70-1, to 75-1 to in some books. And I think that's a really good number on Max, who has shown some win equity over the last few years. When he gets into contention, he doesn't seem flustered by uh, being in the mix on Sunday and has come home with three victories in the past handful of years. Okay, non-John Rom. give me a big dog that you like this week. It's Justin Thomas. In fact, I like JT more than Rom this week. I think he's playing with a massive chip on his shoulder. Hasn't won in 11 months. And the last time we saw him two weeks ago at Torrey Pines was in contention going into the weekend and really... Didn't play well on the weekend whatsoever. So I think JT's working hard. I saw him out here on the range uh, early Monday afternoon, grinding away at his dad, Mike, and his caddy Bones Mackay out there working with him. This was no like, hey, let's go out and get – get warmed up, hit some balls, get loose. This was a serious session. I mean, I'll walk up to a player, and I spoke with a few players on the range yesterday who just kind of, you know, knocking some balls around, getting the rust off a little bit. It's Monday. We're just easing our way into the week. And you can walk up to those guys, and you know that they're not really grinding away. JT I stayed away from because I could tell he was working hard, and he was trying to get something done out there. So I like JT a whole lot this week. I know he's second on the board, still a short number, but I love him at nearly twice the price of Ram this week I, i'd take jt every time
0: he definitely checks the swaggy box right i mean he'll he'll play the
3: crowd uh how about a long shot so my favorite outright on the board if it's not jt i'm dipping down for keith mitchell again uh, exactly what i said about having some swagger uh having a little ego being able to go out there and show off for the people that's exactly what keith mitchell has he's played really well so far this year in, in on Courses where his game shouldn't translate that well. Seventh at YLI for the Sony Open, twelfth last week at Pebble Beach. This course, this tournament, sets up way better for Keith Mitchell's skill set than those do. So if he's finishing uh, with top finishes top results at those ones i i really like him for this one i think he could be a, a smash play I, the number opened in some places drafting's 130 to 1 quickly moved to 110 to 1 in a lot of places he's moved down all the way to 70 80 to 1 i think a lot of people like keith mitchell this week but there's a good reason for it
0: i know you mentioned this guy in your article and he's won here before as a top 10 gary woodland how about that play? I know he's not playing well, but just guys that have course history here and get comfortable in this environment. And you know, obviously, he's had a special moment here. You know, several years ago on hole sixteen, and you know, he loves
3: his juices get flowing for this thing. Just saw him five minutes ago before we started recording, uh, pulling his clubs out of the trunk here on Tuesday morning. And uh, yeah, I do like Gary around this place. I think that he's he's played well enough. To, to at least keep himself in the mix and at least make you think about him and poorly enough to move that number a little bit bigger so that you don't feel like you're you're going too short with the odds on Gary Woodland. So, yeah, I I don't think he's ready to go out and win just yet. But like you said, for a top 10 play, a top 20 play on Woodland this week on a course where he's had a whole bunch of success, the 2018 champion. Yeah, I I like that play a lot. I really do.
0: Not necessarily a gambling question, but Tony Finau is a guy that I think most people just easy to, easy to root for, and you want to see him win. But it feels like he's a little off right now. Do you, you, you just have a golf take on, on Tony Finau? Is because it feels like you know he last year he was coming into his own, becoming like you know had a chance to be a, a, an elite player, and now he kind of feels
3: like he's trending the other way. Is that fair? Very fair, and I think Tony would admit that. I I don't know. I don't have a great answer to it. Only that look. We tend to, this time of year, look at some players who haven't played their best golf yet, and we go, man, what's wrong with so-and-so? Why isn't he playing well? And then later in the year, we go, what does it take to peak four times a year? What does it take to play your best golf in the majors? And so I, I can understand the, uh, the, the look you get, the, the response from players who say, wait— do you, do you want me to play really well in January and February or do you want me to play really well in the majors later on? So you can't have it both ways. I'm not Tiger Woods. I'm not going to play my best golf every single time I tee it up. And so, uh, hey, maybe it's a good thing. That's all I can say about Tony right now, because, again, like you, I'm very bullish on Tony moving forward. So uh, all I can say is maybe it's a good thing that Tony isn't playing his best golf right now and that uh, maybe uh, come April, come May uh, for the major championships, we see something better out of Tony.
0: Okay, one last thing. All these guys flying, you know, from Saudi, does that make you nervous? You know, whether they had success over there or not, that's a long trip back to Scottsdale. Would that be one, you you know, the Varners, the Bubbas, the Tonys, the whoever's
3: just kind of a stay away given that travel? Oh, John, you teed me up for this one. I'd be a lot more nervous flying into Saudi than flying out of Saudi. So, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> there are nine that's players true. who are making that trip this week. Uh, yeah, I look. Anytime you're flying overseas, and I get it. These guys are, for the most part, either flying private or they're in first class, and you're not in, you know, thirty six e middle seat in the back of the bus. And I, I get it. You're traveling in luxury, but yeah it's a little tough to kind of get yourself from halfway around the world over to here and play your best golf and so guys like Xander Shoffley who's played really well here in the past Bubba Watson who John I I don't understand anything about Bubba Watson because Bubba is a guy who uh, says he doesn't like crowds he doesn't like people he doesn't like feeling claustrophobic inside the ropes and then he comes to Phoenix every year and plays some of his best golf which uh, makes zero sense in front of half a million fans every year so uh, whatever I Bubba doesn't make sense but uh, I still like to play a a little bit too, but yeah, coming over from Saudi last week, yeah, it's it's gonna be a little bit tougher for those guys. I, I think that uh, maybe you fade them first round, then you take a little wait and see approach and jump on something live either Friday or going into the weekend.
0: Well, Jason, enjoy the week and you know stay away from those transfusions when the sun's out and uh, just have a blast. I will
3: certainly try golf's biggest party this week and I'll uh, I'll be on the outskirts of it. Doesn't get any better. Well, Have a good week, Jason. See you.
0: Okay, mailbag at John Middlecoff is the Instagram. I, uh, Jordan Spieth, 20-1, to 1, I like that. Homa to top 10, you get around 6-1. to 1. Gary Woodland, Keith Mitchell, a couple other top 10s. I, I think I might get out of betting up just straight up and getting more of the top 10s. I, I hit Pat Perez last week, $100 paid $850. <clears throat> so $950. No big deal. Joel Damon had him to top 5. Uh, he ended up T6, but... I might transition into T5s, or I mean 5s and, and top 10s. And, and and sprinkle a little bit on the winners, because there's nothing like, you know, $100 paying two Gs. Hard to beat. At Golopod, at Golopod, fire up in those DMs. I'm an East Coast guy, so curious to hear the West Coast perspective. What are your top five courses you want to play if you get a, a round with no problem? Well, I think number one would be Augusta. I think that's every single human's number one. You know, I'm just going to say domestic. Now, I would say this. I Whatever the best course in, in Florida is, Seminole. Uh, if you told me that I could play with Michael Jordan at the Grove, Michael Jordan's course, that would trump Augusta. If you're like, yeah, you can play with Michael, you guys will drink and smoke a cigar. I'd be like, uh, yeah, I'm in. So that that to me would be very, very high on the list if I could play with Mike. Uh, whatever the best course in Florida, I think a lot of people call it Seminole. Cypress you know, is the nicest course in Monterey. I've never played it, but everyone says that's... You know, arguably the best course in America, Pine Valley. Uh, I, I'm not really, once we get to that level, really a golf snob. Like, I'd love to play Pinehurst. Um, I'd love to play some of the Bethpage, you know, that those tracks in New York. Uh, I'd love to play Riviera. I've never played Riviera. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'll play golf anywhere that's nice, public or private. Uh... With Bryson having to withdraw due to injuries, it begs the question that his swing is going to shorten his career drastically. We saw Tiger have issues with his back and he was notoriously a hard swinger. But compared to Bryson, it looks like Freddie Couples. Irony is Freddie Couples had bag issues. Just wondering your thoughts. You know, Bryson has tried to poo-poo it. I've seen him put out some statements like, everyone needs to relax. Like, I'm sorry, Bryson. You know, you're lifting these crazy weights like you're playing right guard for the Dallas Cowboys you're swinging out of your ass and now you're getting injured? I, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm i with you. I got him red flagged. I don't know how he's going to maintain. Another DeChambeau question. To me, he seems more focused on hitting it further than being better all around player. I also feel like the body change and the distance is a little overhyped. You would think that he transformed himself into a tiger with the way it was discussed. I thought he was a good player before and I think he's a good player now. It just made him more marketable. Yeah, it made him better. I mean, he's hitting the ball three when he's healthy, 360, 370 yards. He he beat everyone at Wingfoot by like five shots. It is a huge advantage when it's on. Now he can get really off, and he his touch is not great. Part of his touch, every single club in his bag is a six iron length. Have you ever just like tried to chip with like and grab the wrong club, like a seven iron, instead of you were trying to grab like your pitching wedge? It's like, the thing is long, so. Now, the difference is Bryson, unlike Tiger, I guess Tiger was skinny. Tiger got bulked up like a, like a pro athlete. Bryson just got thicker. You know, when you look at Bryson at SMU, and again, he was an elite amateur player, an elite young player before he got big. He was really skinny. But I'm with you. Is it, it's, it's a little overhyped? Yeah. Is he a damn good player when healthy? Yes. Does, is it perfect? By no means. He really just tried to up the odds. That's what he was trying to do. And, and it's worked. I mean, he has been a powerhouse player. Can you explain a little more about the Saudi League and what it would do to golf for someone like Bryson took the money? You know, to me, there is no league unless they get a ton of guys to go. So unless, if Bryson and Phil go alone, there is no league. They need, uh, for the league, they need 45, 48 people. And are they going to get 48 people? No, they're not. So you could argue the league, or I mean, if they did, they would be giving out a lot of money. And then the league would just turn into, you know, a league of 48 people. And every week there would be team, there'd be 10, 12 teams. They'd have a pod and they'd compete, kind of Ryder Cup style. Who knows? I mean, they could do whatever they wanted from what I've read. But the main the main reason this is even an option is just the money. Cuz they would pay these guys a salary on top of their marketing money that they're already getting, you know, you know, Bridgestone or Nike or Whoever, any bank, you would keep that and you would just play against different teams and you would be guaranteed to make money every single time you play. There's no cut from what I understand. What's good, John? Love the golf content. Not too familiar with Seamus Power and was wondering your thoughts heading into moving day beside Cantley. Do you think this guy's are five or six backs, Some juice to keep him on his toes? No, I love Hoagie. <laughs> I, I I think the one thing <clears throat> that Pebble Tournament that makes it unique is they play three courses. So the setup of like, do you play Pebble last? Sheamus played Monterey Peninsula last, and he wasn't very good. I think he shot two over or three over. But like those guys were getting after it at Pebble. So if you play Pebble on, you know, if you've done well at Spyglass, and if you're just a couple under going into Pebble on Saturday, and then you shoot five or six under, boom, you're in the mix. Where Sheamus was whatever he was, I guess you'd have to be more than that. You know, if you're five under and then you shoot five under a pebble, boom, you're 10, 11 under, you got a chance. Seamus was well in the lead, but once you come back and these other guys played pebble, it's a big swing. Uh, love both podcasts. I need you to give me a, a Norwegian brother, Victor Hovland, some love. Three victories in his last five starts. I, I, I think the talent between the trio of Morikawa, Victor Hovland, and let's face it, when Matt Wolf. He has got his mind right and playing good golf. The dude is a freak show. An absolute freak show. The the, the talent in those three guys is like, you know, having a draft with Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, and, you know, Josh Allen. The, The ceiling on those guys, I mean, Mark Howell might win five majors. Hovland is winning a major. I would put it in the bank and throw away the key. It is happening. Wolf has the talent to win a major, especially the U.S. Open's and the PGA Championships. I think he's going to be a factor in those. Again, he's got to you know, kind of find himself and figure out how to navigate the PGA Tour. You know, Colin Marcao was like a 40-year-old on the tour. Very mature, engaged now. Hovland is just a joy. Makes you smile. But Wolf, I-, I like all three of those guys. I think golf got very, very lucky that those guys all came out at the same time. What would be your dream foursome? You plus three people at any course. Uh, Tiger, Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, boom. You know, I, I if I was going to do like business people, I'd want, you know, a dinner. If I was going to play golf, I would want fucking some athletes, Tiger, Jordan, Brady. There it is. If Tiger couldn't make it, I wouldn't mind prime Jack. Not a big Bryson fan. And I'm sitting here watching him bitch and moan about his back and hand injury at the farmer's open. Let's assume it's a real injury and not Bryson being a drama queen because he's playing like ass. I've noticed injuries starting to mount up with Bryson. Pretty sure he had to pull out of the Sony because he was hurt from Kapalua the week before. Do you think this is a big red flag? So basically the same question because of his violent swing. It's definitely, you know, kind of the elephant in the room right now with him. Is he going to break down? Just go to his YouTube page. The dude's deadlifting like he's playing offensive line. Like, why are you deadlifting like that? I was listening to the... uh, sleaze and Colt nose podcast they had on Hank Haney. And Haney was like, you know, as I started spending time around Tiger, I'd think, do you really need to work out this hard? And there have been a lot of articles written that he probably overdid it, you know, and Tiger was just addicted to working out. You know, I am too. I just need to sweat so I don't, you know, it helps my just, keeps my, just keeps me balanced in life, you know, and because uh, I can get high strung and it, it mellows me out. Now, I'm not throwing around a lot of weights. I just get on the treadmill to get a sweat. Tiger was like addicted to being jacked. And I think the one thing it shows you with Tom Brady is like pliability, you know, matters more quarterback. I think with golf, you know, than it does like pure weightlifting. Question for the pod from Troy. What sort of identity would you like to see the PGA Championship adopt to become more relevant as a major? The other three already have a brand mystique to them. Masters, pageantry, tradition, U.S. Open, survival of the fittest, the Open, battling the elements. I, I like the way you described all three. I agree. I would say the Masters is kind of the Super Bowl. The U.S. Open is just the toughest test in golf, and the Open, like you said, is the elements. Just, just this is where golf started. It could be 20 degrees and wind pumping. Good freaking luck. And it's traditionally, you know, kind of linksy golf. I, I don't think the PGA can really do anything. You know, it just, it matters on the course. I thought Keel was really cool. Uh, you know, I, I played Harding Park, living in the Bay Area a bunch. I thought they did a pretty good job that week. But the course is just, you know, it's, it's okay. You know, should Harding Park host a major? You know, probably not. But I'm glad it did just because it's one of those things where, like, I played it. But I, I don't think there really is an identity. I just think it's the fourth major. It's the least important major by a mile. And it pays a lot of money and it's fun to watch and it matters like you you get to rack up a major, but it's clear if you were having cocktails and you met a guy on the PGA tour and he was like, I'm a master's champion. You're like Freddie couples, Tiger Woods, Mark O'Mara, you know, nice to meet you. Right. You know, I'm Ernie Els. I've won U.S. Opens and the British Open. I know they call it the Open. I call it the British You'd be like, God, you would want stories. When you just meet someone like Jason Day, and I love Jason Day, big fan, actually bet on him to win Pebble. He was kind of in the mix. He's like, you know, I'm a major champion. Like, what'd you win? He's like, the PGA Championship. You know, just Justin Thomas is the same thing. Now, Justin Thomas is definitely more likely to win another major probably than Jason Day that might never win, you know, I would bet against Jason Day ever winning a major again. Even though I actually kind of saw his odds for the Masters. They were like 60 to one. I think he's playing pretty well, but he plays a cut now, not a draw. So that, I don't know. Uh, It's just, it it is what it is, but there's nothing wrong with it. Like, it's still really cool. You make a lot of money. I I just don't see how they could make it like, I, I don't think there's anything they can do. I think I give them a lot of credit for moving it up, putting it between the Masters and the US Open. I think that was smart. I think you just have to have the drama. I think the tournament, you know, Phil Mickelson made that, not Kiowa. So the drama of the champion, the drama of the tournament, Masters is the Masters. Whether Hideki wins by ten or whether it's a three, you know, three guys are in a playoff, right? The Open, the history speaks for itself. The U.S. Open is like playing the eighty-five Bears on defense. It's like (laughs) buckle up (laughs) because this is going to be four days of hell, right? Rough up to your knees fairways rock hard greens like concrete PGA championships is like cool course we tricked it up a little bit good luck go low literally go low appreciate everyone if you guys want to get in the dms at go low pod follow the instagram dm me any questions you have and let's uh let's keep the golf content rolling jordan Speed this weekend let's go baby max homa scottsdale guy top 10 I have, a, I have a guy on site, Orlando, that works for TPC. He's been sending me videos of Finau and some of these guys bombing it. Of course, man, when they got the stadium up, it's really, really cool. Good special week in golf. This is a uh, this is waste management stuff to beat. Peace.